and that's what really prompted me to say I'm going to make a complete change Change, and I had some personal things going on and I said I'm going to do this for myself for the first time Um, and that's where I walked away and made a complete drastic difference when Mm -hmm. everybody else and all of our friends were um, and Nick did something similar in corporate and walked away that all of our friends were becoming VPs and we were all on the way to becoming VPs and senior VPs. Hi guys, so excited to share my podcast conversation with my friends Christine Doherty Condra and her husband Nick Condra, the two co-founders of Cornerstone Restaurant located right in the heart of Wayne, Pennsylvania. If you live in the Philadelphia area, I encourage you to check out the fine dining experience that Christine and Nick have built. I promise you guys won't be disappointed. So throughout our conversation, Christine takes us on her life journey while having Nick chime in at parts to add color to stories. She tells us all about life before Cornerstone. Although she ideally wanted to pursue her passion for food immediately after college by attending the French Culinary Institute in New York City, she couldn't give up an incredible job offer in the pharmaceutical industry. So for the next 10 years, Christine climbed the ladder in the corporate world, working in New York, Boston, and London. And then at the age of 30 in 2009, she decided to quit her job and finally follow her passion. She reinvented herself and became a renowned chef on Nantucket Island and opened her very own business called the Ack Experience. Christine's years in Nantucket were formative. Not only did she meet her husband, Nick, but she also developed incredibly strong relationships with chefs and farmers, and those relationships are now valuable assets to the continued success at Cornerstone today. In 2013, Christine and Nick decided to move back to Philadelphia. Although they had plans in the future to eventually open a restaurant, they didn't think it would happen as quick as it did. Then, in 2014, a friend called them and told them that a prime space was available right in the heart of the main line at Philadelphia. Christine and Nick jumped on the opportunity, took a risk, and opened Cornerstone Restaurant in 2015, where they curry distinctive menus highlighting fresh, local, and globally sourced ingredients. I went there with my family on a Friday night just about a month ago, and it was the perfect atmosphere and meal after a long day of work. Over the past three years, Cornerstone has had tremendous success, so much that they just expanded this past March, opening a brand new bar and seating area. They are open 10 a.m. to midnight, Tuesday through Saturday, and 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sundays. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Welcome, Christine. And Nick, her husband, is here, too, (laughs) to High Five Success Stories. I always love when I have the opportunity to feature Notre Dame alums. So for the listeners that don't know, Christine and I both went to Academy of Notre Dame down the street in Villanova. I graduated in 2006, and you graduated in? 1996. 1996. Okay, so 10 years older. Um, And I've also featured other guests from Notre Dame. So I've done Marty Gillen, September in Nirvana. Kelly Kirchie-Sorg, Rosemary Connors, and Maureen Durant. And I have some other people on my radar. So it's always fun when I get to bring people from Notre Dame on the show. Uh, And I'm also super excited because I've never done anyone in the restaurant industry. You're my very first person. And lastly, I like to support, you know, local businesses. So I'm super excited to help spread the word about how awesome Cornerstone is. We just were talking about my mom, sister, and brother and I came in about a month ago. We had an awesome time. So, yeah. Thank you. Um, so because most of my listeners are from Philadelphia, we'd love for you to start out by giving a little bit of background on where you grew up and went to school. Awesome. Um, well, thank you again, uh, Steph, and we're excited. Uh, so I grew up here in Berwyn, um, Philadelphia area, specifically Berwyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Villa um, for lower school and went to Notre Dame for high school, St. Joe's um, 
university um, for college. I graduated with pharmaceutical marketing and a double major in psychology. Mm -hmm. Um, Really fantastic. And then what did you do after college? Um, So after college, I... um, A little bit different than where I am now, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, when I graduated from high school, I thought I wanted to be a a pediatric oncology nurse, Um, so tracked on the path to, um, originally I started at Fairfield and transferred to St. Joe's. Okay. Um, I was in nursing and then decided nursing was not for me in clinicals the first year. Uh, Then went to St. Joe's and double majored with pharmaceutical marketing and psychology, Um, and from there went um, to New York. Okay. Um, and then was in biotech and biopharm, um, starting out in the advertising business back when Claritin ads were on TV. Sure, yeah. Um, started doing that, and okay. that's exactly what I thought I wanted to do, and then got into consulting and strategy consulting, um, focusing in the areas of hematology, oncology, and HIV. Okay. So how long did you stay in the pharma industry for? Ten years, I think? I um, just about ten years. Okay. Um, which was a that's lot a of fun. That's a good amount of time. It is. Um, and this is all in New York? This was in New York, London, okay. and Boston. Wow. Um, so, um, every time I went to a different place, knew that I wanted to, had this goal that I wanted to get, I thought I wanted to get to Paris next to work there. Um, quickly started working with the French when I worked in London and, um, loved the French culture, but realized I did not want to work in business in uh, Paris. Um, so headed back to Boston. Boston. Yeah. So at what point did you decide you wanted to get into the food industry? Um, I think that started a long time ago. Um, both Nick and I started working in this industry when we were about 14 years old. Okay. Um, I started out at um, our neighbors up here in Berwyn, are mm-hmm. the O'Hara's. So uh-huh. we've grown up with um, uh, Bill and Debbie O'Hara and um, Allison O'Hara. Oh, Casey Uncle Bill's. O'Hara, Uncle Bill's. And the um, Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> so we've known them. We grew up in Berwyn together. Um, we've known their family since we've probably been 10 years old. Okay. Um, so that, uh, naturally, we started working at Uncle Bill's, except mm-hmm. we were working at, um, we grew up in Cape May. We've had a home there since I've been about three years old. Okay. Um, and so I started working at the original Uncle Bill's mm-hmm. uh, in Cape May and worked my way from being a host to doing everything. Okay. Um, and then from there, moved into um, a lot of my, or a handful of my father's best friends okay. were in the restaurant industry. Um, right. One of my father's best friends is Steve Graham, who owns all of uh, Casey's, Ludwig's. Um, oh, yeah. So I started when I was in high school after working during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, working at Casey's okay, and, um, did front of house, everything from learning how hard everybody works. Mm -hmm. Um, but never did I ever work in fine dining and really didn't back at that time, the fine dining here in the Philadelphia area. And we were exposed to it just from my parents of going to the garden who I reviewed or Mm -hmm. revered under Mohorn, Mm -hmm. um, do Chamonix, striped bass, these restaurants that were all white tablecloth that really defined what the Philadelphia area was back in the 80s and mm-hmm. early 90s. And um, living in Maniunk and working then in college at Zesty's, which was a, um, at the time, fine dining Greek restaurant okay. in Maniunk, um, and working, you know, sure at Uncle Bill's and always being in the industry, industry yeah. and always saying I was, became very quickly obsessed with the French culture. Okay. Um, and Daniel Balloud and when I was young, um, young being when I was in my early twenties, mm-hmm. um, Daniel Blue, Julia Child were all teaching at, um, 
the French Culinary Institute, which no longer exists today. Okay. It's the International Culinary Institute. Oh, in New yeah. York. Okay. Um, and I always said that I wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated from school after having two degrees, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to go um, after living in Manhattan and going through 9-11. Yeah. Um, walked away from a short period of being in corporate after only eight months in okay. advertising and saying... Um, I want to follow my passion. I always, from a very young age, at I think probably 14, 15, was enthralled with the restaurant industry. Okay. Knew I wanted to own a restaurant. Didn't necessarily want to be the executive chef, but knew I right. wanted to be in the industry somehow. Okay. Um, it was a lot of turmoil, and anybody that was there could understand that mm-hmm. um, New York was a very different place. Mm-hmm. And um, my advisor said there are grown men that are trying to support families that don't have this job right. offer that you have right now. Yeah. Like people are not getting jobs and they're getting jobs right. turned down. You need to take this job. job yeah. And my father had said to me at the time, um, if you have your so-called passion 10 years from now, knock your socks off, but I just paid for a dual education. Right. <laughs> so then fast forward the 10 years or so, when did you decide to quit your job and pursue the food industry? Your, um, your, your ultimate dream. Uh, I decided it was, Oh, nine. I decided okay. that I was going to um, do this. Okay. And um, oh, nine, 2010. Um, Where were you living at that point? I was in Boston. Okay. Um, at that point, and I uh, really wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, the real story is I had been the company, Rogers, that I had worked for, the CEO, myself, and another guy were starting a biotech company. Okay. Um, looking at... Um, a Parkinson's drug that we were starting with a biomarker. I won't bore you with the details, but um, we had gone through a year long process and he is a angel investor. He is known in this um, industry um, and he has failed, succeeded at many different things. Mm -hmm. And after a year of us almost launching the product and forming a company, and this was um, helping people with Parkinson's um, that our researchers walked away because they thought they had a better deal, which they didn't in New right. York. Okay. Um, and after that, um, one of my partners turned to me and said, let's do it all over. And I said, I don't lose. I'm, I'm walk. I'm done. Yeah. And that's what okay. really prompted me to say, I'm going to make a complete change. change. And yeah. I had some personal things going on and I said, I'm going to do this for myself yeah. for the first time. Amazing. Um, and that's where I walked away and made a complete drastic difference when mm-hmm. everybody else and all of our friends were, um, and Nick did something similar in corporate and walked away that all of our friends were becoming VPs and we were all on the way to becoming VPs yeah. and senior VPs. And how old were you um, at this point? Just 30. Okay. I was 30. Got it. Um, but I then decided I'm going to go, um, to Nantucket. I'll take some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go to, I thought I wanted to go to culinary school and completely, you know, go in yeah. the opposite direction sure. or start working at kitchens or right. get some internship. Um, at, uh, gourmet magazine doesn't exist anymore, but that was sort of where I wanted to go right. food and wine, do something yeah. um, just to make a difference. And I started, I stumbled upon a company looking for, and I grew up loving the water, being on the water mm-hmm. from Cape May to the Eastern shore of Maryland, yeah, sure. Annapolis, um, working for a company, um, selling boat shares on a Hinkley boat. Okay. And so I spent my first couple months, my mm-hmm. entry into Nantucket was Nantucket Wine Festival. Okay. Um, and then working on Hinkley Boats, and that's where I started wow. um, becoming, started my own company yeah. within three weeks of being on the island okay. and the ACK experience, which was the private chef business. And it okay. was all focused on um, culinary boat tours. Sure, yeah. And um, 
hooked up with a guy that had a boat um, fishing business called mm-hmm. Absolute Sport Fishing. Okay. And so he and I did where he would have charters and then they'd get tuna and the clients would come in and then we would have a whole um, dinner based off of whether they caught tuna, whatever they caught. That was one part. Then okay. we did culinary bike tours where we went to all the different Very farms cool. and private farms that I knew. Yeah. Um, and we'd walk around the farm and talk about all different recipes and how to use them. Yeah. Um, and then I was a private ch- and then worked um and with families exclusively every single year that they would come back and do parties from two to 125 wow. for small weddings or when they were on the Island for a month and a half yeah. of just working for that family. Very cool. Um, so you were loving it at that point. That was like your passion. The moment I stepped on that Island, I knew that something was, and this sounds, you know, a yeah. lot of people say, Oh, it's, you know, how do you people go there and they get out of control? Mm-hmm. It, that was not what it was. It was something okay. where I could, completely be my own person right. and really I did not know a solitary soul on that island when I stepped on the island and that is something that's very common on that uh-huh. island that people go there after working going through all this stuff right. in their mid-30s to 40s and walk away that are partners at law firms and walk yeah. away and say I need to make a change there needs to be yeah. something different in my life um, and I found some of the most amazing people I met my husband right. um and it just became something so incredibly wonderful yeah. for me. Now, quick question. Did anyone think you were crazy for quitting your corporate job? Absolutely. Ten years is a long time. And that's when you're just starting to sort of, you know, make your mark. And you probably were making a good salary. And you had to give it all up. So, did and then how did you avoid any of those naysayers that thought you were crazy? Um, well, on the island, you're 30 miles out to sea and you can't really see any. Okay. Like, <laughs> they come to the island. Um, but it, it was something very hard, but I knew it was something that mm-hmm. I needed to do for myself right. for the first time. Um, I had just gone through a horrific divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot of people don't know, but that's yeah. something that I had gone through and that's something right. that I needed for the first time for me to really walk away. But I wasn't not working. I was working around the clock. Okay. And it was something for the first time where I was able to find like-minded people like myself right. that worked so incredibly hard, yeah. but it was all about food and wine and passion in the industry. And it mm-hmm. wasn't about one-offing. It wasn't about, it was all about for the better interest of mm-hmm. guests. And every day I was outside, I was catching for my clients. I was going fishing. I was going mm-hmm. down to the oyster beds. I was at a certain point, I held the record on the docks for, um, you know, bringing in the largest sea bass or uh, black sea bass and okay. bringing in the large, I mean, there's, you cannot beat that. Right. Um, right. I think a lot of people of friends, um, you know, whether people just posting on Facebook or stuff yeah. that I was doing. Um, I think a, I did something that a lot of people wish that you could walk away and I didn't have right. ties. I didn't, besides having my family, I didn't have children. I didn't have, so I was yeah. fortunate to be able to walk, walk away. away. Yeah. Um, and I had, one of my cousins in DC and an uncle in DC that mm-hmm. thought this was the greatest thing since sliced bread that I was on a Hinkley boat every single day. Yeah. And, um, and I was also for boat chairs, you're interacting with Joe Scarborough and you're interacting with, um, big names from senators to trying right. to sell these, um, boat chairs. And it built a, what I have learned from that Island mm-hmm. and anywhere in life mm-hmm. is people always say, Oh my God, you know, you're interacting with this person or that person. Right. They are all the same person. They yeah. are all like us. Everybody puts one as Nick and I always say, everybody puts one pant leg on at a time. Yeah. Um, and as much as everybody yearns after these people, right. you know, whether it's Tommy Hilfer, whoever yeah. it is, um, we are all the same, same at the end of the day. That's cool. Um, and it's yeah. something that it taught us how to, how to talk to people. Like, 
we don't get intimidated by right, people right. and you learn to talk to them as though they're human beings yeah. or not. Um, so that I can was imagine something... you guys probably met a lot of famous people that go to Nantucket during uh, the summertime. Christine did, I didn't. Yeah, okay. I, I, was, I wasn't touching Nantucket at the time, so not me. Yeah. Um, I did, and it's, um, we, had, we had to sign NDAs, all of my, yeah. the, like, not the joke, but the, um, my entire staff that I had for four years, and that's right. something I, um, I missed that for four and a half years. I had yeah. a dedicated staff that okay. the moment they stepped on that island, they were calling saying, okay, when can I start working? Right. Um, you know, until October, November, okay. um, or stroll when we stopped. Right. Um, but everybody knew it was always going to be exciting. Yeah. It was, there was never anything boring. Yeah. Um, everything, but nobody that, you know, whatever happens at that party stayed at the party. And that okay. was something that, um, why I developed really great relationships. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter who it was right. at that party. Yeah. It was taken very seriously. Yeah. Um, sure. Nantucket's also the, one of the only islands where paparazzi is not mm-hmm. allowed on land or really? on the airspace. Very cool. So you see stuff that people are so laid back there and feel right. very comfortable. comfortable and, yeah. Um, uh, Carrie was always around Senator Carrie and, you know, yeah. even beyond Nick, the, his favorite restaurant was Straight Wharf or is Straight Wharf, mm-hmm. um, where Nick worked and it didn't matter. You'd be, you'd walk up to him and he's giving everyone high fives and Amazing. You, know, so yeah. it's, you don't have that in most places. Right. So it's a really, it is a really special place. And people yeah. will say that you can get away. You can really escape the craziness. Disappear, if, yeah. if you want to find it, you can find it, but you can also, we have found the best friends of our lives that mm-hmm. will remain and it's one thing about Nantucket. Anywhere you travel in the world, if you mm-hmm. guys have all, if if you've worked on Nantucket, yeah. everybody instantly connects and has this really amazing, wonderful spirit and feeling right. um, that they will take care of their own from Nantucket. Yeah. I've only been there once. I went there for my first time this past <laughs> summer to visit my sister and um, her husband and family. And it was awesome. It really is a magical place, as they say. It is. Um, it was tough to get to for Philadelphia. <laughs> I was a rookie. Yeah. Was I was a rookie. I took, um, I thought I had it all planned out. And I took um, American Airlines to Boston and then I was taking Cape Air. I didn't know it was in a different terminal. So for anyone listening... Don't ever book Don't American Airlines. And then <laughs> has, I had to go through security again. I yeah, made my Cape Air thing. in one minute. But then I, I do have to say on the way back, it was super easy. I took American Airlines to um, Boston and American Airlines to Philadelphia. So it was the yeah. same terminal. Yeah. But and I was like, oh, my God, I did not know what I was doing. But besides that travel point, it was really a really cool experience. And then I've interviewed your buddy, Holly Finnegan. Yes. And so she, you know, obviously is um, – has made her name up in Nantucket. Her she is. She business. was, um, I was telling her sister who just recently moved here and I mm-hmm. think I told you, uh, she was probably one of the first people I ever met on the island the weekend of a wine festival of 2010. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she made me feel so welcome. And there is something so amazing about that island. Again, like so many people don't go there, but you just take people in. Right. Definitely. Um, and just, it is such a trusting factor like there that you just feel welcome. And Holly made from, anybody mm-hmm. makes everybody feel welcome. Yeah. Um, and she has an amazing spirit mm-hmm. and everybody knows that on the Island. She is so genuine. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really remarkable for anyone who hasn't listened to Holly. Definitely tune into her interview. Um, okay. So you are having this business that's successful up in Nantucket and you meet your husband, Nick, who's here with us today. Um, and so when did that happen? And how did that happen? Uh, so I was working at Straight Wharf Restaurant. <laughs> okay. Um, I went there with my sister and brother-in-law, which was great. Yeah, it was, uh, it's really a high-end seafood restaurant on the mm-hmm. island. And, uh, there's a staff house. So as cooks, um, the, the, one of the owners put all the cooks up in a house together. Um, 
and kind of not to give bore my, my background, but kind of Christine where I did corporate and then at the age of thirty I, I started going to culinary school and, and and my first kitchen job out of culinary school was at Straight Wharf. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm thirty years old and I live in the staff house with all these twenty, twenty one, twenty two year old uh, people um, who would throw parties, you know, four nights a week, five nights a week, uh, at the house and we threw this big uh, July 4th party mm-hmm. and Christine was brought to the party by one of the man front of the house managers at the restaurant uh, and they were one of the first people at the party and so I, I was very smitten with Christine uh, <laughs> the entire night I was yeah. I was talking to her I really didn't let her leave my side uh, and at the end of the night she just uh, basically gave me a hug and walked away and I was I was devastated I was, I was hoping for <laughs> at worst case a kiss but uh, <laughs> But she walked away, and, and um, once July hits on the island, especially when you're in, in the restaurant mm-hmm. industry, it's, you know, it, every day is a Saturday night. Um, right. It doesn't matter how many, you don't need to look at the reservation count. You know that you're going to be you're gonna be pretty jammed up mm-hmm. all night uh, for the month of July and the month of August, all the way up to about Labor Day. Um, so for those two months, I was I was pretty pretty busy. Um, and then September hits, and everyone gets to breathe a little bit, and, and you get to back to having normal life. Um, and so... I saw Christine again sitting at the bar at Straight Wharf uh, about the middle of September, mm-hmm. and uh, I basically went out to her and I said, "How can you have, you know, how can you have called me? How can you talk to me?" <laughs> um, and I, I don't think she remembered me. To tell you the truth, but to, to, to this, <laughs> that's, not yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at all. That's not true. That's you know that that's my side of it. But uh, so she she said, "Oh my God, let, let's get together." I said, "All right, we're going to go to to Toby's tonight, which was this." industry bar on the island um and we met up there that night uh and uh this was actually the end of september mm-hmm. um and so we went um and basically i had the next day off and i said let's let's go do something tomorrow let's let's you know take a dog for a walk she, she, she had a boxer uh, marley uh, and i said let's go take the dog for a walk and let's go get a dinner mm-hmm. and, and she said okay uh, and so that's how it kind of started and then the next day i I went to say, let's, you know, where do you want to go to eat? And she said, well, it's, it's wing night at, mm-hmm. at Size, which Size no longer exists and it's changed. It's seven, eight different restaurants since, mm-hmm. since then. Uh, I, I had no idea what she was talking about. Lo and behold, Nick had a very fancy dinner. I, I, okay. I, I was planning to bring her on to this really nice restaurant on the island yeah. uh, called American Seasons and do this whole thing. And she said, no, it's 15 cent wing night at Size. And <laughs> so we said... I was like, all right, well then we'll we'll, we'll go there, and sure, I didn't even know where size was there. That you know, it was a little kind of dumpy place, um, and we went there, and it was the night that Roy Halladay pitched the no hitter. Oh right, yeah. In 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 the in the World Series, uh, or the playoffs, and okay. so we that was the, our first date was that night. And Very cool. Why we're sitting at size? It's about, October sixth because we can look it up. Can yeah, look it up. when Halladay died, it was a right, yeah. and. Uh, during the night, about twenty different industry friends of ours came through. Size got, you know, a dozen wings and a beer, and, mm-hmm. and they kind of gave us big guy. Look at us, they, yeah. They gave us a double, double, double take, <laughs> right? So, so that's what ended up happening with yeah. that. So it was kind of, it was kind of a, and then it, you know, we've been history. together ever since. <laughs> we've been yeah. together ever since. <laughs> that's so. awesome. Yeah, I love that story. Um, so fast forwarding again. So you know, you guys both were in Boston and Nantucket and built these awesome relationships. Um, with chefs and different farmers and whatnot, from what I've read. So what was the moment when you guys decided you were going to open a restaurant in Wayne, Pennsylvania? 
Because obviously um, you guys had such strong ties in Boston and, and Nantucket. Like, why come back? We do. I think you hit the nail on the head floor when you said, you know, it was so hard to get mm-hmm. to Nantucket. What right. we, I think the hardest thing we ever did. So the last year we lived on, I got an amazing opportunity to live, to put my business on Nantucket on hold. Okay. Um, and I started back up in September once the season ended mm-hmm. for the family, but I lived on property at a 15 acre estate wow. off a of cliff road. Okay. Um, and was with the family. We lived on property mm-hmm. on the backside of the kitchen, um, in an amazing home. They're a Philadelphia family, mm-hmm. um, lived downtown have built most of Philadelphia. Wow. Um, and, uh, the opportunity had been, somebody came to me, we thought we were not going back to the Island and they said, please come and interview, flew me down to, um, Palm beach to yeah. interview, um, and got the opportunity. And, um, I mean, the story is for, <laughs> uh, you know, I started cooking at five, six o'clock in the morning from yeah. smoothies to, and we had a garden and had a farmette basically. And I would just, okay. there's so many stories <laughs> I could tell from that, um, yeah. of just, Good stories. Right. Um, and then um, we, and then we, I would go until about 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. At that point, Nick and I had only seen each other. Um, we had, in two months, we had one day off. Wow. And um, we were passing in the night. He would come home at one o'clock to want to talk about things. And I was getting up at five o'clock yeah. to make um, breakfast smoothies and um, pancake bars for the kids mm-hmm. and everyone else. Um, so we realized, and at that point we were in our, Mid thirties. Okay. You started to get those hours to start to weigh on you, but it was, um, it it was a great opportunity, but to live on, we realized at that point, you can't really go back after that, after having that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we knew that was, that's sort of the, the, and uh, Holly talks about it in stories. Like that's the marking point of five years. Once you go back that fit, once you're already, it's after five, you're there. Right. I mean, you you have all those established relationships and that was really the breaking point of if we were going to do it, we were going to do it. And then we started looking at property and looking at, it is very hard right now as Mm -hmm. someone, unless you have the means to Mm -hmm. be living on the Island. They have recently tried to take care of this issue, but for people in the industry, it's almost impossible to survive. Yeah. Um, so that was when we decided, and my sister was getting married. She was moving back um, with her fiance, now okay. husband, and has two kids now mm-hmm. um, from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, they were moving back to the area. So we decided um, that we were going to move to Philadelphia and make that commitment okay. um, to move to Philadelphia. What year was this? Nove- this was November 2013. Okay. Yeah, 2013. Um. So we moved back, started mm-hmm. looking around, and fell in love with Society Hill, yeah. which was a block from where one of my cousins, Jenny, who was no longer with us, but lived um, a block from us and made okay. that decision. And Nick um, actually took a job as a private chef, mm-hmm. or not, sorry, not as, part, as the pasta chef yeah. um, at Amis. Okay, and we nice. were only a couple yeah. of blocks from Amis. And okay. then I was still private chefing for my one client when mm-hmm. I would come back off Nantucket in Boston okay. that I would cook for for three years. Got it. Very cool. So you got Nick to come to Philly. And Nick Just to come Nick. to Philly. It was, it was, you know, we, we, I, I tell the story, you know, we got engaged on Nantucket 2013, mm-hmm. uh, uh, right after Christine's sister got married. And so we wanted to be near family. There's a very, mm-hmm. you know, conscious effort to be near family. And, and I grew up in Syracuse. Uh, and so that, that really wasn't an option. We didn't want to go back to Syracuse. The color seems not very good. Uh, and my sister and brother-in-law and nieces and nephews uh, mm-hmm. live out in the greater suburbs of Chicago. So Chicago was a very, very strong pull. We almost went. We almost went. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, 
because Christine's sister was moving back to there, we, we, we came back here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I tell the story. We moved into with her parents' house out in Berwyn uh, for about a month. So we got okay. our apartment in the city. And so we ate all along the main line. Um, and there was a couple of restaurants that, that, that we enjoyed, but there wasn't a restaurant that the food that we'd want to go back and, and sure. eat uh, a lot um, and eat through the menu. And, you know, really, uh, we didn't find that restaurant, mm-hmm. at least on this side of the main line. Right. You know, once once you pass Blue Route, um, it changes a little bit. But yeah. definitely out here was, was a little bit different. So we knew at that point we wanted to open up a, a restaurant. There's a hole and, in the market. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a hole, and we knew we wanted to open a restaurant, but we thought it would be three to five years down the road. We okay. sure wasn't expecting uh, for this opportunity to kind of fall on our laps so okay. quickly after moving back. So that was when we were living in society and we were okay. taking our time. And we both had the decision of saying, we're going to take our time to find the right place. Right place, yeah. Um, and I think the hardest part was leaving all of our friends mm-hmm. in Boston and Nantucket. Nantucket yeah. And um, we've had a lot of them come down and visit us. Right. And um, we have, when we found this place it was july 4th weekend okay um and my parents thought 2014 2014 okay my parents thought maybe we would find a place but they were sort of thinking oh it'll be years okay you know right um and again we were living in society hill Mm. we were looking at places downtown in philly okay in philly yeah um but looking at, we were in Head House Square. I mean, mm. there was a lot of great opportunities. We started to get to know our neighbors. Our neighbors said, you know, why don't you guys open, so-and-so just right. opened up. Why don't you go open a place there? And it was yeah. really neat to be in Society Hill. Right. Um, and the community that's there. That's awesome. There, yeah. um, which is really fantastic. And so then this opened up July 4th weekend and we got a call. We in started Wayne, working here. Yeah. And um, Packy Gallagher. Yeah, sure. Was Amy's. I work um, with well, him. I've known yeah. Packy since all those guys, Packy and... Um, sure, yeah. He's a broker, um, commercial real estate broker for listeners that don't know, like commercial real estate. Yes. So and, but I've known Packy and Amy since high school, and they've been together since high school. Yeah. Um, and still the same couple. Uh-huh. Um, wonderful with children. Um, and so Packy called me and said, we've got an amazing opportunity. He was sort of on the hunt mm-hmm. um, for something looking, and yeah. said, I said, if something comes up, something interesting, let us know. Um, and he said, this just, it's not even on the market. Mm-hmm. I caught wind of this. Yeah. Um, you need to come back, but you, you need to come back. Like this was Sunday of July 4th weekend. Okay. And it was like the first time Nick had off from a meets and we were down the shore and it was the first time we were down the shore You'd for a like fourth of July. Yeah. Like this right. is like a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and we uh, said to my parents, uh, we said we need to leave. Um, right. Nick just got and my dad's throwing a fit. What do you, you know, we're barbecuing. Right. He's FaceTiming us from the car on the way back up. How, you know, you're missing the barbecue because we said that Nick got called into work. Okay. Um, and so we came back and looked at the place mm-hmm. and the place was in shambles. Right. Okay. Um, we looked at the place originally. Um, and this is the listeners know this is in Wayne. This where is we are in today, Wayne. Yeah. This is at one way. Right West. across the street from. Great American Pub, and then right by the train station in Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Right on the corner. Yes. <laughs> um, and so we knew we had to move quickly. Okay. And within, I'd say, a two-month period of time, we made the decision. We were going back and forth negotiating. Mm-hmm. And um, well, the, the landlord, it was an ice cream shop. So the land ice that. cream shops yeah. during the summer is, is the busier time. So yeah. he said he was going to, they weren't doing well, but he was going to give them another shot to okay. get through, through the season. 
so we said, all right. And at that point, we were a little, we were kind of angry because why did we just leave our family right. to come up yeah. here and we couldn't even, like, actually even get the place even we sure, wanted. Yeah. So, um, so then we, we went out to dinner that night anyways. But, um, so we, we came back and, well, he called us back in the beginning of October said, Hey, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you guys want to come take a look at it again? And so we came back and, and that's where we kind of really start really heavily considering okay. getting the place. Yeah. And that was October, 2014. Yeah. Right. So, so we signed on Halloween, October okay. 21st, which yeah. I think when we pulled up, my sister was here when we were signing and I think I was green. Uh, she looked at me and said, are you okay? And Scary, I said, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and so that was, we had, I had had, we had had many businesses. Or I yeah. had had, you know, two different businesses. I had worked all over, you know, the world almost. And, right. Um, never had I had a brick and mortar. It's a very different story mm-hmm. going to a brick and mortar. This okay. is not, at, I could be a private chef on a yacht. I could be a private chef in St. Right. John where we have a home. I could, yeah. we could, we were flexible. So for okay. this to be this part, that's where I was going green. That, right. oh my God, this is this our, is it. yeah, it's over. Yeah, our travel and everything is yeah. <laughs> done. So um, you found this great place in Wayne. You signed the lease, Halloween, mm-hmm. 2014. Mm-hmm. And then at what point did you open the doors to the public? October 9th, 2015. So it took a whole year it to get it, build out and everything else. Okay. Um, so we opened to the public early October 2015. Mm-hmm. And I was still a sous chef at the restaurant and I'd be working there five days a week and I'd be working here two days a week and, and, and even in the mornings uh we would I'd be here in the mornings too and uh I remember vividly on Friday nights and early on I could look at the sales on my phone yeah I would be expediting to my my line cooks at, at the restaurant and looking at the sales I'm like oh my god we're like really busy like oh, oh god, god yeah really bu- i could just tell like we well, were right. in the black in three months yeah it was, which it is was, a good black's a good thing okay it's not yeah it was a pretty wild thing for for us to to see this going on and there'd be a line out the door and at seven o'clock you know we have all 14 seats filled and you know another 10 people standing drinking wine over in the corner it was a pretty wild thing to, right to see um so about three weeks after chrissy and i had had a had a, had a, had a serious sit down we had a talk and figure out that, you know, I was going to need to be here full time. Full time, yeah. Um, that Things she, you don't do in the restaurant industry. Open up right in the height of going into Thanksgiving. Right, yeah, okay. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was a pretty wild thing. And, yeah. And, um, you, know, I, I, you know, to be honest, I really wasn't convinced at that time that I needed to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw the wear and tear on Christine that, yeah. that needed to happen. So so we jumped in and we, we did. Uh, I, I gave my notice um, and my first full week here was the week of Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh, and thank God I was here. Uh, we had a lot of catering going out, you know, a lot of cheese boards, yeah. uh, boards uh, going out for, for Thanksgiving that, that year. So uh, I was here, you know, nonstop and, and obviously been here ever since yeah. uh, doing Amazing. this with her. Uh, but yeah, that's how it kind of evolved. And then once I got here, we changed the menu from being very simple, small plates to start having appetizers and entrees mm-hmm. and, and we realized that we came from an area in Boston and a mm-hmm. lot of our, um, from Jamie Bizonette being a friend and um, I had worked under one of his restaurant groups at KO in yeah. Boston and um, 
we were used to tapas. We were used to small plates. It okay. is a very common thing up in Boston. Yeah. Um, and what we've realized, sort of what we are used to and what we were grown up in the restaurant business as of growing up being as chefs, not as being at a young age, but um, we were trying to bring that to this area mm-hmm. and people are not around here, just weren't ready for that. Right, right, right. Um, and didn't understand, not even, they just, they want to go out and have an appetizer and want to have, yeah. and I think one of the things in this business is that 80% is what you think, you have to leave that other 20% yeah. to what your guests and what the community is saying and you have got to listen to what right. they're saying. So if they say they want this, as much as you want it all day long, yeah, you have got to go with what they, you know, what the people that are going to support you. Right. Um, exactly. So that's where we transitioned and said, okay, we're going to do appetizers instead mm-hmm. of doing smaller. And to this day, people are like, hey, are you ever going to bring those uh, pulpettes back? Yeah. Like, and I was like, we can make a free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's where we, this sort of um, organic um, genesis of where everything came from, everything yeah. grew organically of right. listening and Got then yeah. doing steaks and right. doing full, lar- like, lar- and that's where we went to saying small plates and large plates. Okay. And Got that's it. where we were you know, comfortable with saying that and not saying appetizers and entrees and that sort of Yeah. So fast forward now to 2018, December. Um, Where is Cornerstone today? Um, Because I know you guys had an expansion you guys recently did. Never, I think, did we, from the beginning, did we see where... So I guess my question is, what can people expect today if they make a reservation of Cornerstone for a Saturday night? Um, Saturday night, it is hustling. It's bustling. We probably do about 125 to 130 covers. Mm -hmm. Um, we flip the seats almost three times, um, at the bar. We're about two, three people deep. Okay. Um, but no matter where you are sitting in this restaurant, you're getting, um, fantastic service, food, Mm -hmm. and, um, you can have dinner anywhere. And that's a little bit different. There's all different from sitting at the chef's counter to the bar, to the dining room, to the lounge, to the little intimate table that's right in retail. Um, I'm always, it's always interesting to me sort of how Cornerstone has grown because this concept was, there is not a concept like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was basically an amalgamation of us traveling all over the country and world and um, some places in Notting Hill and London that I absolutely love. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. That from Northern California and going to visit best friends of ours out in Mm -hmm. Sonoma and Napa and um, just pulling everything together. um, Very European in nature that that's where this, evolve from and right. people you know is really interesting people um that come in when we first opened sort of with like dead stop and couldn't understand having a market and a place to eat because it's not something that's common around right. here okay but in new england you find it europe you find it okay um so it it became a they would walk in dead stop and say so tell me what's going on. I've never seen somebody walk into a place and say, tell me what's going on. I mean, yeah. it was, but it was a really interesting um, to see sort of, and people would sit down at the chef's counter at first, you okay. know, three and a half years ago and sit down and get really uncomfortable that they were sitting next, so close to someone. Okay. Now everyone's like, I want the chef. I don't like, they'll argue for the chef's counter so, all yeah. day long. Um, and it's interesting how we have, we have seen so many amazing things happen mm-hmm. having this that we never realized what was going to happen and what was going to come out of this from right. sitting here to the communal setting of being in the lounge. And we'll have people that are sitting at a small four top and two people don't know the other two that are sitting next to them. And all okay. of a sudden they realize that they've been neighbors for the last really 10 cool. years and they never said hello. Yeah. Um, 
And probably the most amazing thing that's ever happened in mm. three and a half years is that we have um, a guest of ours and his wife that come in um, a lot and they're here half of the year, the other half of the year they're in Maine. Okay. Um, and it's a longer story, but bottom line was they have, they're about 75 years old. Okay. Um, well known in the area and this, um, he was having dinner here and ended up bumping in to a best friend of his okay. that he had not seen and he had lost touch with wow. about 30, 30 plus years yeah. prior mm-hmm. because the gentleman's wife had died of cancer and after she died of cancer, he picked up and moved to Europe Yeah, and they ended up bumping into each other at the chef's counter wow. and then when they realized that it, who each other was, they started Hungarian kissing and crying hysterically. Oh my God. Yeah. And that everybody sort of stopped and it, that doesn't happen all places. And that's why, you know, they said, and he had, this gentleman had been back here for 10 years Mm. and they had probably sat in the same restaurants together at the same time and never realized. So that's something that's really unique and different. And I think that, you know, coming here, it's a sense of community. There's a lot of people that your sister who have met that, (laughs) they now have foreign friendships because they're sitting yeah, next to them. Definitely. Um, so there is a really amazing sense of community support. It's something that's huge to us, including from a philanthropic standpoint of supporting so many different people mm. and how much, um, we rely on the community and how much they give back to us. Right. In yeah. Even my mom, when I came here with my mom, sister and brother-in-law like a month ago, um, my family gets set in their ways, which yeah. is good, but there's also, you know, a bad side of it. So, my mom and my dad had gone to like three restaurants. Like that's all they do, three restaurants. And finally, we're like, "Mom, you have to try this place in Wayne. It's so fun. Just come to Wayne." And she tried it. And ever since, she's like, "When are we going back to Cornerstone?" <laughs> so yeah, it definitely is a unique, unique place. And let me check the timing we are having here too. Oh, good. Um, so before we end, I'd love to do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, which is always my favorite to do. So when you think of the word success, who do you think of? And it can be more than one person. Um, my father. Okay. And then why your father? Out of curiosity. Um, from a young age, he has always taught me mm-hmm. um, how to be a better person, how to be a successful. He is a very successful entrepreneur and has taught me how to have relationships mm-hmm. um, with people and cultivating those relationships. And um, the best thing he ever taught me was when I was starting my first job ever in Manhattan at the advertising firm is okay. saying, um, when everybody leaves at five o'clock and five thirty, mm-hmm. you make the extra phone call, you stay until six yeah. o'clock, you stay until seven o'clock, stay that extra hour, that extra mm-hmm. half hour is right. going to um, make you more successful. And so I've watched him from an early child right. um, or a young child looking at everything he does. And he has, I don't know where I'd be without him. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, and then what advice would you give to your 30 year old self? So I'm 31. So this is, I always say, tell people it's like a selfish question. <laughs> um, I think my early thirties were some of my most amazing times. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and I were living in Boston and um, I don't think I would do it any differently. Yeah. And, I would just say is take time for yourself right? Um, and really do everything that you ever want to do mm-hmm. um, and cultivate those relationships with girlfriends and going out and traveling. And um, we lived in Boston in a time where it was, it was just, everybody was out networking and at mm-hmm. cocktail parties and um, being involved in boards and just being involved in as much as you possibly could and mm-hmm. really focusing on, um, 
building yourself and obviously meeting right. somebody if you would like to, but yeah. really focusing on um, your career. And that's yeah. something that um, I would say to any anybody that has been in their 20s or, you know, mm. that they sort of have said, I missed out. It, there's It's never too late yeah. to make that change. It's never too late to... Um, do what you want to do and follow your passion. And, right. Um, you know, we work 18 hour days, but, um, I wouldn't people, if we had started in the industry at 22, we wouldn't be where we are today. The lessons that we've learned mm. in corporate and throughout life. And, yeah. um, it's been really great and know that you have no idea what tomorrow will bring. Right. Exactly. In um, 2018 was a really hard year. The day that we reopened or the week that we reopened, after we lost fly. after, no, no, no. Or, when we reopened in, March, we closed down for three months to build the bar and build it. Oh, yeah. Out. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't know we lost Nick's sister, Leukemia, after a six-year battle that week. Who did you lose? Nick's sister. Oh, sorry. So, yeah. uh, thank you. But um, we reopened the week that she died. Yeah. And we had just come from her funeral. Right. Um, so, that was all of these challenges in life. Mm-hmm. You have you have no idea. Yeah. What, and I've said that from losing so many friends. Right. Um and family that just every day don't take for granted. Yeah. Be in the present moment. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then any last departing words for the listeners? So where can they follow Cornerstone? Where, they, where can they learn more? How do they make reservation? Like all that sort of stuff. So, um, sure so I would say our website is okay. um, incredibly dense. Uh, <laughs> so I would say uh, just going to cornerstonewayne.com, okay. um, following us on Instagram. Yeah. Our Instagram uh, handle is cornerstonewayne. Okay. Um, we are constantly posting. We have chefs that come from all over the country. We have yeah. winemakers that come from all over the world. Okay. Um, we do a ton of stuff that a lot of people don't know about from, okay. um, you know, wine dinners, chef dinners, gift baskets. We send all over the country. Um, so it's constantly, a lot of people have a confusion of, are we a market? Are we a restaurant? We're both. We yeah. do a lot. We're a wine shop. Um, we're a beer shop. Everything that we do, we are constantly, we travel. We had a woman in here yesterday that said from, from around here and said, oh my God, you know, it's be so much fun just finding these things and what we have. And she said, Oh, it's kind mm-hmm. of like Oprah's favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I, you know, what is a lot of fun is that we're traveling all over the country. So okay. all of these things that we're bringing into the market from being in London or being in Chicago or Nantucket or Boston or, um, Napa, so no, anywhere we are, Seattle, Portland. Yeah. It is a lot. Chicago, it's a lot of places that we've traveled right. and people that we've met and yeah. supporting all of those. And so that's, um, something that, and that's, I would just say staying in touch with, um, Instagram, mm-hmm. our website again sure. is incredibly educational. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll include everything in the show notes, the links to everything. So people know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, we're on yeah, um, all of that. So, cool. so yeah. well, thanks Christine. This is really fun. Hi everybody. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to high five success stories. To learn more about the podcast, feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at High Five Success, or on Facebook, you can like High Five Success Stories with Steph Hayden. Or I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at High Five Hayden. And lastly, you can subscribe to the newsletter on my website, www.stephhayden.com. And if you get a second, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much.